this is your host, Rosaria Kozar. Please always remember to consult with your physicians before attempting any changes to your treatment plan. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Rosaria Kozar, and you're listening to Living with Anxiety. I really appreciate you tuning in today, and as you know, this podcast is to help you adjust to your child's new diagnosis. Today, we're going to discuss education. Can you send your child to school? We are going to start small here, so we are beginning with preschool. One thing you might find out immediately, or already know, when you enter the clinic is there is a high probability for your child's immune system to be heavily compromised by the various treatments being used on your child. Like most things, this does not happen to every child. It might just happen that your child's counts are high enough to attend school or daycare per the doctor's orders. Some children will need masks, but others might be okay to attend without one. It all depends on what your medical team decides. You might be wondering, what if my child does attend daycare? How informed will I be and how much can I trust them? Each daycare is different, but today I have with me someone whom used to be a director of a daycare center in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Her love for teaching has put her back in the classroom. She has recently been acknowledged as an outstanding teacher. However, I've asked her here today because she had a preschool-aged cancer patient attend the center while she was in the leadership position. I hope you can take away some of the anxieties and fears about your child attending daycare following her interview or come away with some conversation starters, so to speak, with your doctors and your daycare. So without further ado, I welcome Pam Bernard to our show. Hi, Rose. I'm doing well, and thank you so much for um, asking me to join you. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here with us today. And... um, I just want to start by asking, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into daycare, and then you became the director? Sure. I actually started working in early childhood um, back in 1995. Um, I was a mom of some young children of my own at the time, and I um, just had always enjoyed working with children. Um, I had been a stay-at-home mom previously, and when I had to re-enter the workforce, it just seemed like a natural fit for me. So I um, started as an assistant in a classroom and just progressed through years, um, taking additional college courses and just working my way up the ladder until I eventually became a director. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is truly inspirational. What a way to get to where you want to be. And back on to the topic here a little bit, why do you think that the parents felt comfortable sending their child whom had pediatric cancer to your daycare? Well, I think it's sort of a twofold answer. I think that, you you know, there are the regulations. You want to make sure that the center that you're sending your child to is following the state regulations in terms of safety and health. Um, but you also want to make sure that the people that you're dropping your children off to have the compassion that you want them to have for your family and your child. Um, and I, so I think the two things together um, are what would probably make you more comfortable in, um, in forming a partnership and, 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 you know, having, you know, that comfortability of being able to drop your child off. Yeah, the partnership is key. I mean, if you don't feel that, then... Um 
you shouldn't be dropping your children off at that particular daycare. Um, So I guess that kind of answers my next question, because I was going to ask you, what should parents look for in a daycare? So um, to summarize what you said a little bit, you said follow state regulations. Um, Some states vary, though. So in the states that don't have the same cleanliness or um, similar regulations to Massachusetts, what would you suggest for the parents to look for? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times you, you can see your initial walkthrough in a center. Um, you can see how, you know, how much there is for cleanliness and, and things like that. So I think that going by your gut feeling and what your initial instinct is, is really great. But having that conversation with them and asking them to let you know what the policies are in terms of, um, infection control and, you know, how, what are they going to do to protect your child from, from, you know, um, disease and, you know, communicable diseases and colds and just, you know, everyday things. Yeah. And, um, I know in the state of Massachusetts, having had a child in daycare, you have to send home a note. This child, uh, was it, your child was exposed to X, Y, Z that another child was exposed to. Is that singular to, to uh, one particular daycare or does your daycare do that as well? We all, in Massachusetts, you're required to do that. So there's a list of, um, different, you know, illnesses that you have to inform the parents of. And it's really great because there's also, um, a form that is provided to you that you can copy and send home to families. So it's pretty easy for, um, centers to be able to do that. Um, and now, especially with email, we can always, you know, send that out in a PDF form for families. We post it within the classrooms. Um, but certainly if we know that we have a child in the center that has the compromised immune system. So, you know, then, you know, you want to make sure that you reach out directly to that family as soon as you know of, of something within the center. Oh, so you would immediately reach out if children were presenting colds or coughs, et cetera? Yeah, anything. Again, you know, the partnership is so important. So as as long as the um, director and the teachers are aware um, that the child has the immune uh, compromised immune system, you you know that you, you want to reach out for the more simple things where other things, you know, typically we don't communicate a common cold to families. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that partnership and you know that that is something that family needs to know right away, then you would. Did you happen to clean a little bit extra knowing that you had an immune compromised child? Um, I think the teachers definitely were a little bit more aware of um, things knowing that they, they have a child with that in their classroom. So um, I mean, we do typically try our best to be um, clean on a daily basis. But I think that just having that awareness, it just, you're just thinking a little bit more on a day-to-day basis, you know, especially in a toddler program, there's a lot of mouthing going on. And so we're always aware of that. And we always, you know, take those toys that need to be disinfected and put them aside. But I think that you just have that heightened awareness when you know that you have a child um, in your class that has that compromised immune system. Now, if a child has a temperature of 100.4 or higher, they have to seek the emergency room. That's pretty standard for most pediatric oncology patients. So how did that work? For example, if um, he or she appeared to have a temperature, did you take it immediately and notify the parents or kind of do a wait and see that you might do with um, 
another child? Um, I think that the teachers were more diligent. So if they suspected any type of fever um, or a higher temp, they would take it right away um, for those children, um, again, with the um, compromised immune system, because it could escalate very quickly. And so we want the parents to know right away. Um, You know, typically we don't do that for um, other children, but definitely if you have a child in your program, um, that has the compromised immune system, you want to make sure that you tell that parent right away. And I think sometimes even a lower temp, like 99, you know, just so that they're aware, hey, it's it's a little bit elevated and um, and then continue to monitor it. But as soon as it goes over that 100 point, uh, was it 100.4? Yep. Yeah. Let them know right away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, I think, um, in, you know, for the center as well, it's really great to have copies of those, of anything that you, any documentation that you can give the daycare uh, from your team is great because then the director can share that directly with the teachers and anybody else who is working with the child. And that way everyone's on the same page and they have clear understanding of what to look for, um, what to be worried about, when to contact the families. So again, just building that partnership and making sure that everyone knows everything that they need to know to best care for that child. What about the parents providing things for the staff? Did anything happen um in terms of that, because chemotherapy, the drugs can sometimes leak out through, not sometimes. Again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm speaking from my (laughs) own perspective. I know that when my child went to the bathroom, it came out in his diapers. And did the parents help the staff limit that type of contamination? Yes, yes. And um, so providing gloves or anything else that you can provide to the daycare is helpful. Um, In Massachusetts, we you do not have to wear gloves when you're changing a diaper at the center that I work at. We do always wear gloves when changing diapers. So that, again, that conversation is great one to have, you know, to let them know here are some risks and here are some tools that we can help you with to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to that chemo. Are there any other suggestions that you might have that you haven't already mentioned? Um, no, again, I just think it's, um, you know, really important to form those partnerships and have the open communication. Um, I know sometimes it can be difficult for families to talk about these things. Um, and, you know, obviously it's such an emotional time. Um, so if you have that, you know, relationship with the caretaker so that you can, you know, tell them everything that they need to know and, and so, the more they know and the more they can understand, the more they can help you and your child. So I just, I'm such an advocate for, um, just having that open communication and that partnership. That's great. And the partnership is really important. And what about having your staff connecting with social workers? Would you suggest something like that? Yes. Yeah. Um, It was actually wonderful. We had a team um, of social workers come in. Actually, I think that team had more than just social workers on the, on the team. I think there was um, it was a team of, of a few different um, people that came in and, you know, just worked, talked to the staff, answered any questions that they had. Because I think we had a lot of staff members that had some questions. Um, you know, they wanted to provide the best care they could. And so the more they can understand um, the needs um, and what's going on at home with the family and the treatment plan, the more that they feel comfortable, um, you know, caring for that child. So anytime that you can have professionals come in, and support the staff is wonderful. It's great. It's it's a great thing. 
Now, it's always an emotional thing, you know, you kind of want to step away from the world of cancer um, when your child's going through it. So were they forced to be there in the meeting or did they have an option to attend or how did that work? That That's always optional. Um, if the family feels better sending um, other folks in a team to come in and, and they don't need to be there, then that's absolutely fine. And that's one thing that, too, with the partnership, you have to know Um you know, I, I, I feel as though families just want to have some kind of normalcy for their child and they want to have a comfortability where they know that, you know, their child can still attend childcare for various reasons. And, um, so anytime, you know, you can just respect that, that they have, you know, feelings and they might not want to be there. Um, I think it's just important to try to realize that every, every person's journey is different. And so you want to just be respectful of what their choices are. That's great that you were able to provide that type of care and have that relationship with the family where they felt comfortable and you also felt comfortable um, as a daycare and a daycare provider. So I just want to say thank you for all the information that you've given us today. (laughs) It's really been fabulous talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. And just as a reminder, this is Living with Scanxiety with your host, Rosaria Cozano.